Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's five minutes past 12, and every time I sit in the studio, it changes. So well done to everybody involved. The studio has definitely developed. It's grown. It's really matured, and I think we're sitting in a world-class studio at the moment. I usually have the clock in front of me. It's now on the, my right-hand side, so I just have to orientate myself quickly. But let's get straight into the show today. Today, we're going to be discussing one of those thorny issues that have been around forever. It has changed. It has morphed. It's become called different names but the bottom line is that labor in south africa is a thorny issue and there has been a groundbreaking judgment that has come out we'll be discussing that in the next few minutes and then afterwards we've got a very interesting company coming into studio to discuss one of the simplest investment tools which is not really investment it's savings but how to get the best out of your savings. And they basically are saying to us that if you just tweak it slightly and get a slightly better rate over a period of time, it can really, really work for you. So we'll be chatting to them in a few minutes. But now, right into the the most important topic for this particular um, segment, and we are going to be talking about the Constitutional Court judgment, which is deals with the fate of labor brokers. And on the line, we have Fiona Leppin, who's Director of Employment Practice at CDH. Fiona, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you very much indeed, and welcome to your listeners too. Thank you very much. Sorry about that bumpy introduction. I was fighting with my microphone at the same time. Fiona, let's get straight into it. This has been a thorny issue, as I said earlier. It has been thrown around. Political parties play you know, havoc with it. Let's maybe, if you don't mind, can we go back to the basically the, the, the knuckle of the issue? What is a labor right. broker and why are they less than loved in this country? Right. So use made of labor brokers, as it was defined actually in the Labor Relations Act, going back as far as 1956, um, is not a new concept in our law. Um, labor broking was understood to be a form of temporary service uh, that employers could make use of uh, where they have seasonal work and they need uh, to fill in uh, with with a complement uh, to their normal permanent staff. Um, but over the years, and particularly after we saw some emphasis with the first start of regulation back in 1995 when the temporary employment service term was used in, uh, in the place of the term labour broker, there was an emphasis of putting the employment relationship squarely at the, uh, at the doors of the test. The test would be the employer, the test would have a relationship with the client, but the test employee placed with that client would remain its employee. Now, this is interesting because what happened over the years is there was abuse that did occur. Uh, and you certainly had some labor brokers who were treating employees almost like a commodity, if you like, a tradable commodity, were not necessarily following the uh, Basic Conditions of Employment Act and fair labor practices. And you found a situation where the employee, the placed worker, was finding himself out of work all too easily because the test, his employer would say, well, I've lost the... uh, commercial relationship with the client, the client's terminated my agreement, I don't need you anymore, and so that's the end of your limited duration contract with me. Right. And the courts 
got very unhappy with this because it was denying those employees the options and more importantly the rights that they have under the constitution not to be unfairly treated and not to be unfairly dismissed. And what really aggravated the unions was they saw this as a scheme to try and uh, get around the onerous obligation an employer faces under the Labor Relations Act and find a quick and easy way of, of circumventing that. Now, that's not the case with all labor brokers, or I'd rather call them TESIS, Temporary Employment Services. Right. Some of them are outstanding. Some of them run as uh, highly professional businesses and I think offer tremendous um, flexibility uh, in a market now for clients where job security is important, but having a job is equally important. But those that caliber of test that operates on a professional level has unfortunately been tainted by some of those persons out there who ran tests and did so um, in in less than, uh, shall we say, uh, ethical way. Fiona, so that unfortunately is just the way the cookie crumbles often, is that the the majority are tainted by the minority who don't behave correctly. But let me understand a, a, a scenario. Let's take a farming scenario where you and I run a commercial farm and we need a, a, a quite a, a, a substantial amount of labor, but only for a particular period, whether it's yes. harvesting, whether it's whatever it is. And we, we, we all we want to do is play by the book, look after people. Right. We would like the okay. same people who came last time to come back. How do we then work? So, labor broking or, or the temporary employment service, the test, has not been banned by our Labor Relations Act, and certainly not by the amendments of 2014. But the test now has certain limitations. Okay. It's placed workers, its employees, as they were, were earning under the ministerial threshold, which is approximately 205,000 rand per annum. There, the test, after a three-month period, loses that placed worker to the client. The client becomes the statutory employer from that point. So in that three-month period, that temporary period, the test can operate with those employees as its employees. But once you've crossed that three-month mark, then the the deeming provision in the Labor Relations Act kicks in, and that person is now a statutory employee with the statutory employer, which is the client. So you've got three months to play with. If you have employees earning over that ministerial threshold, then none of these uh, limitations on the operation of the test apply. That's quite an important point. But you said to me something very important, farming sector, um, seasonal work, yes. um, need for temporary employees. What role can a test play in that situation? Because let's say they are definitely earning under that ministerial threshold. Which I'm assuming likely it would be, yes. Yes. What, would, what, what role can the test play for the client? So the test loses the, the, the uh, status of being an employer in its own right. But it's quite important that the Constitutional Court didn't say it's the death of a temporary employment service, that there's no role for them whatsoever in our economy. But they would basically be playing more of an administrative role. They could still have those employees on their books, 
because as the one uh, amicus curiae said in that judgment, uh, the advocate who was, who was representing the casual workers advice centre said, just because you've got a person on the books doesn't make them an employee. So, yes, you can still have persons on the books, but you can't be the employer. But they could administer um, aspects of the employment relationship by agreement with the client. But the client will always have the um, responsibility to ensure fair labor practices and, importantly, um, to guard against unfair dismissal. Fiona, I, I, don't, I don't know if we've hit a nerve here, but the lines are going absolutely ballistic. So I'm going to quickly try to get through some of the SMSs. Um, one of the, the SMSs that have just come through, the person really wants to know that the, the, the gist of the matter is if a person needs, if a, a employer needs labor for six months at a time, but that's it, how would that relation work with the TES? All right. So, again, I mentioned you've got three months. And after that three months, that statutory deeming provision kicks in. Correct. So you haven't got any latitude to push the three months to six months. Right. So it's going to mean that the test needs to develop for itself a new role, a new um, importance, if you like, in the life of its client. And I see that happening by those tests playing a recruitment role in managing and obtaining and recruiting employees for that client. And the client, where it needs employees only for a limited period, would use the fixed-term contract um, uh-huh. mechanism to employ those persons. In other words, nothing changes. All that does happen is it's more regulated and it's, more, it's absolutely clear that the employee or the person working is no longer a commodity that is transferable, that is fireable at the whim. The person has security that, yes, I know I've only got an employment or a contract for six months, but, you know, at that time I'm deemed to be working for the employer, not just somebody who can be, you know, thrown out at a whim. Yes. In other words, that placed employee um, who is on a fixed-term contract is no longer with a fixed, on a fixed-term contract with the test as the employer, but with the client as the statutory employer. Before I let you go, Fiona, um, we, we can read through it. I've, I've read through it. It's quite a lengthy and a technical document, but let's get to the nub of the issue. Yes. Is this a good decision from the employee's point of view? For those poor people mm. who are desperate for work, will basically take anything, is it adding value to them? I think that's a critical point because you're right to say originally um, the whole emphasis was to drive atypical employment so that persons could get into the job market. But where the abuse occurred, there was obviously the move towards decent work. And rightly so, unions were looking for that of being of a permanent nature because permanent employment drives uh, a level of security of employment. Now, what this judgment is doing is trying to promote that decency, that, that, that decent work um, um, stratagem. Um, has, will, it, will it help employees? There's a question mark on that. Um, a lot can be said for the dual employment uh, model that was turned down by the court. Because what happens to that temporary employee, that placed worker, 
who worked for 15 years ahead of this set of changes to the legislation and this constitutional court judgment. And now he's looking, he could face retrenchment down the line by the statutory employer as the client. And the employee says, but what about my past service? Uh, I'm only being considered as an employee of the client from the date the amendments to the Labor Relations Act came in on the 1st of April uh, 2015, but I had service ahead of that. Am I going to get severance pay based on that period? And the answer might be no, in which case that has actually impacted the employee negatively. So I do think there's some negative consequences, unintended consequences of the Labor Relations Act amendments and, of course, the interpretation by our apex court. But that's all got to do with the teething and the pains and, and the birthing pangs of this particular legislation coming yes. in now. Once yes. it's up yes. and it's running, then we're dealing with a whole new set of um, laws that yes. everybody's well aware of. So, yes, there might be collateral damage in this changing over this gray air zone. But once yes. it's in, then it's cleared to go. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think it's a very valuable point. Okay. Um, Fiona, unfortunately, we're out of time. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule. If people want to get hold of you, if there are people out there who need your advice, how do they get hold of you? I'm I'm a director with Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer. Right. And we do have a very active website where we have Q&A guidelines on topical issues such as this, very important one. And there on the website, you're able to get hold of myself. And also my colleagues Fantastic. in my department. Yes, Great. thank you very much. Fiona, thank, thank you for you. your time. Great. It's a real pleasure. Thank was, you. Be well. That was Fiona Lappin, who's Director in the Employment Practice at Cliff Decker Hofmeyer. Please go along to the website, have a look. As Fiona said, it's very interactive. It's full of information. Please be in touch with you if you need, any, if you need anything to do with the change of legislation of labor brokers.